episode 10. We got the double digits, baby. Episode 10. And welcome to episode 10 of the Chopheads MMA podcast. I got my boy over here, Tommy D, the Reverend. Yeah! Got myself, Chris Gucci, bringing you another action-packed MMA podcast. Not really that action-packed. We struggled this week to come up with uh, some content, but... Well, we're going to have more action than there has been in MMA this week. You know, obviously for the weekend, they didn't want to have any any events because it is Memorial Day weekend. And a big shout out to uh, those servicemen and women who gave up their lives so we can sit here and enjoy ours. Um, it's a very big weekend. Um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a depressing weekend, obviously, right? Um, everybody's out there. You're enjoying. Well, actually, if you're on the East Coast, you ain't enjoying shit because all it did was rain. Not unless you're my girlfriend. She's still on her way to Jenks right now. It makes no sense. Fuck that shit. But let's get into it. Yeah. M-M-A. Let's get into it, motherfuckers. MMA, just bleed. No. But like I said, there really isn't much going on. There's no cards this weekend because nope. of the holiday. Um, is that something that the UFC typically does? Has there been? I think so. I don't remember many UFC events going on Memorial Day. Week. And you know what? It, Good on them. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Because they would probably stick the dumbest fucking card on there possible that they know nobody would watch. We'll get to that. That's next week's card. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. But um, we actually won't get to that because that card sucks. But when when we have nothing, I think I've come up with a new idea. When we have nothing to talk about, my new thing is just going to be talk shit about John Jones. So we got a little, you know, John Jones bashing. Guy's very disconnected as far as I see it. Um. We got a little bit of bare knuckle news. Uh, two big things announced this week in bare knuckle news. Um, well, the one fight, four big things in one fight. Oh uh, well, yeah, we'll get to that as well. Um, then we got some a lot of things happening since there's no MMA fights. There's been a lot of fights in the stands. I don't yeah, know if you've been watching Sports Center. You've been following the Chop Sports Network's podcast um, Instagram page. But we got some good traction on a video that we posted about the Dodgers and the Astros and fun times over there in um, in Houston this weekend. Houston. The, the L.A. Dodgers fans invaded this stadium and then things got a little <laughs> chippy yeah, in the fam- right? amongst the fan bases. But as usual, to start the show off, we got the Reverend Rundown. So why don't you take it away for us, Tommy? What do we got? All right. Well, to start things off, UFC is signing Max Holloway to fight. Yair Rodriguez? Yair Rodriguez ran away from Zabit for like three years and lost his job because of it. But he's going to take a fight with Max Holloway. Okay. Uh, Clarissa Shields, the women's goat of uh, boxing, is making her PFL debut against um, Brittany Elkins for PFL on surpri- June 10th. I'm surprised you remember the name. In the notes, I put tomato can. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember Brittany Elkins because she's a tomato can. But um, Luke Rockhold has come out and said that he, <laughs> his return, he would beat the champ, Israel Adesanya. I, I find that mildly amusing. Spinning off into that same middleweight division, Chris Weidman was walking on a special treadmill just a couple weeks after the surgery on his leg, which is absolutely outstanding. Um Colby Covington is in the news saying that GSP would have been his easiest fight ever. I wonder what fucking planet that would have been on. 
Khabib Nurmagomedov <laughs> turns down $100 million to box Pretty Boy Floyd. I don't know how true that is. I mean, $100 million, Khabib, I don't think, would turn down that money. And lastly, Rob Font says that he'll be probably fighting Sugar Show. The Sugar Show. Sugar Show. Before he ends up fighting Dominic Cruz. To me, that sounds like Rob Font is kind of giving us a uh, a little bit of a foreshadowing into what I believe, and we kind of talked about last week, is a possibility for Rob Font. I mean, I still don't think it happens, but, I, I you know. I don't think the Sugar Show is ready for all that. and I, Not that I don't think he is. I don't think that the UFC is ready to put him in that situation. That's not a big enough name for him to get derailed by. If that makes sense. No, no. But I mean, look, his just by him saying that doesn't mean anything because his next fight probably wouldn't be against either one of them. But I'm sure a reporter asked him about, you know, who would he rather fight, Sean O'Malley or Dominic Cruz? And that was his statement. So that was the end of the Rev Rundown. I I know, Chris, you want to talk about some of these things that I kind of shot out there. The one thing I wanted to mention first was that Weidman actually walked for real. Yeah. He walked across his living room. It wasn't on a special treadmill. Well, no, he, they also had the video of him walking on a special treadmill. Well, which one is better? The treadmill that's assisted or the one of him walking actually to across honest, his living room? To be honest, the treadmill is assisted because you have that moving belt. Now, for me, having this injury. When I say better, I mean, which one is harder? Which one's more impressive? Him just walking across the, the floor, <laughs> the regular ground? You, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, man, because to him... Both of those are absolutely amazing, right? To us, like to, to normal people, it's just like, I don't get it. For me, like when that happened to me, it was both my legs. So see how he was walking across the room and then walking on that treadmill? I had to walk around my kitchen island for like two weeks. I had to hold on to the island and step side to side to learn how to distribute my weight evenly on both sides. You're talking about something that happened back in 2002. I was in a wheelchair for a month. and it, Well, the first three weeks, I was in a bed. I couldn't even get out of the bed. He's walking ready. Anderson Silva was walking ready. It's amazing how the leaps and bounds it gets. I don't think we ever see Weidman come back in to fight again. I think he wants to fight again. I'm sure he does, but shit. I, no, I, no, Chris, please, no. No, coach. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see Weidman fight. I, I think Weidman's pretty much... When you're a guy that's fought for a title and you are you were fighting top five guys for your entire career, when you're not at that level anymore, what's the point? Yeah, it's it's that, and you know what? It's not like he had the belt and lost at his first defense. He had a few. He held the belt for two or three years. So you know, to I know he doesn't want to walk end out on a loss, especially ending out that way. You also don't want to end out kind of like Anderson Silva. You know what I mean? Like, what was Anderson Silva's biggest win? Nick Diaz. Did, did he win that? He got overturned because of the steroids. Yeah, but I mean, he won the fight, but it still got overturned. So that, like that was his biggest win. You know what I mean? He did almost beat Michael Bisbing. I think he had Bisbing out, but besides that, you know. Yeah, these guys turn into, we talk about it all the time, these guys that are legends, they turn into guys that young up-and-coming guys are able to build a name off of. And that's, you don't want to see that with Weidman any more than you already have at this yeah, point. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the the spinning wheel kick of death was the, the domino that started the effect that kind of ended his career. But yeah, I'm going to touch on another thing, though. The, the whole Khabib... Floyd thing where'd that come from I, they've been talking about it um not Khabib you know who said it right jerk off Ali Abdel Aziz first of all put some respect on that man's name stop he's the manager to the stars he's a scumbag 
He's the manager to the stars. I'll have him on the show if he wants to come on, but he's still a fucking scumbag. He is his manager, so maybe it was offered because they were talking about it five months ago, something like that. They were talking about it. And it doesn't work that way, though, where you just say, oh, I'm going to give you $100 million to show. It doesn't work that way. Well, because they're probably going off of what Connor made. You know what I mean? You really think that Khabib and Floyd would do better than Connor Floyd? Not even a shred. No, I, I don't. But I still think Khabib probably would have made close to that money just because it's Floyd Mayweather. Uh, but he's not a boxer, and he knows he's not. You know what I mean? He knows he's not a boxer. He's not gonna. He's not gonna put himself in a position to get embarrassed because he's not a showman like Connor. Connor's a showman. If he goes out there and he loses, yeah, it sucks. But he's still making that big paycheck, so you see, it doesn't really fucking bother him. He knew he wasn't gonna beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. He didn't care. I don't think that Khabib is stupid enough to go over. <laughs> I, he's not really. Worried about making much more money. You said he would do it for a hundred million. I don't know that he even would because uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. What I mean, what, what is he going to go do? He's going to make a hundred million dollars. All right, I understand that's life changing money. But Khabib is like, he doesn't really give a fuck about money. As weird as that sounds, he's the one of these few guys that I say like I look at him and he you know he really does mean it. He's done. Yeah. And why would he go lose? Because he would definitely lose. Yeah. So, I don't think he'd put himself in that position because yeah. there's no there's no upside to it. Like. I'm sure he's got financial streams going on where he lives and, and everything is good. He doesn't need he doesn't need the media circus, the hundred because you know what? That those hundred million dollars with the media circus and shit like that, that's all the press conferences. He's not gonna want to do that. He's not gonna want to do that. He's not gonna embarrass himself the way Connor embarrassed himself. And we talked about this. Those press conferences after the first one were downright fucking embarrassing. Yeah, and it takes the balls to to cross over into another sport. You see MMA guys that are willing to do it, but you very rarely see a boxer willing to cross over into MMA. James Tony, he wasn't really, he never stood a chance in MMA, but I give mm. him the credit because he did it. You know, like it, it says a lot about a guy's character, or in this case, a girl's character. And I got to tip my hat to Clarissa Shields because you know she's on the top of the boxing game, and she doesn't have to do that. She could get, no. she could get um, Nunez to possibly come fight her in a boxing ring, and that that could be her big payday if she was to just stay boxing. But she's not doing that. She's granted it's the PFL, which is a smart move by her. But you got to give you got to give her credit. She's in there. She's in the rooms. She's she's working on her wrestling. She's putting in the work. She's got a good team around her, and she's willing to step into the fire. Granted, this isn't necessarily a fire. This is more like a, a you know a pot of cold water, mm-hmm. if you want if you want to call it that. But I give her credit because obviously she has dreams to make some money and to, to be a household name. And there's only one way to do that right now in combat sports. Specifically, if you're a female, and that's to go fight in MMA. So, kudos to her. Yeah, I wouldn't have went to Jackson Wink, though. Um, Jackson Wink was the you camp You know where to I would go. go. I'm going to American top team if I'm going Yeah, anywhere. you know, she wants to go there. There's one wrestler there, John Jones. That's the one wrestler. And he's great at not getting taken down because he's 90 feet tall. I would have gone to either Farasahabi, because that's the perfect kind of person to go to. American top team. Like you said, uh, maybe elevation. You know, maybe they, they don't have a lot of females to work with, but she's really going to need to work on takedown defense more than anything. Yeah, she, because that's she could be like you, a Chuck Liddell. You, you don't exactly just sprawl and brawl, baby. She's she might have the best hands ever. Yeah, in, in MMA for females, but that doesn't really mean anything if. if the distance isn't right. You understand when you're yeah, factoring and takedowns and kicks and things like that. So at boxing range, yeah. But when there's kicks flying at you and you have to worry about also getting put on your back, 
you know, you, I can you tell you this right now. Go. If they're going to fast track her after she wins this Brittany Elkins fight, which she should win it on the feet alone. If they're going to fast track her for Kayla Harrison, she doesn't have a prayer. She does not have a prayer. It's like it would have been like just a regular boxer, female boxer going up against the Ronda Rousey for her first like, you know, her first or second MMA fight. It worked for Holly Holm because Holly Holm's been kickboxing and she understands distance and things like that. Carissa Shields understands boxing, but as far as keeping the distance, the jab's not going to work when somebody can shoot in, get her hips under her, and throw her across the cage. And that's what Kayla Harrison can do. Now, not looking ahead of Brittany Elkins, but basically this is what they signed Carissa Shields for, was for this this fight against yeah, Kayla two, Harrison. Two Olympic gold medalists. Two two time Olympic gold medalists. Yeah, th- this is what it's for because yeah. there's nobody for Kayla Harrison in the PFL really. Kayla's made it look very easy. From I I compare her to like the Ben Askren of female MMA, where she's just steamrolling this lesser competition. I agree that Kayla has a potential. Another another thing that Jerkoff Abdi El Aziz said on the the Hot Boxing podcast was that he believes Kayla Harrison is the goat right now, which is crazy be. to me because. I think that the talent-wise, she has potential, but stop. Put some respect on uh, Amanda Nunez's name because well, she's well, clearly the got the resume. Now, if, and- if Dana White were to sign Kayla Harrison, Kayla Harrison's going to have to make 145 because I think she fights at 150. I mean, I'm pretty sure she could make 145. Yeah, but you know what? With that fight with Nunez, it would be very, very interesting because you have somebody who's got elite level groundwork. Yeah, but then she hits fucking hard. She does. And but that's what makes it all mysterious, right? Of course. I mean, Can I'm, she I'm get here inside for it. of it. You know, I'm, I'm, here, I'm for here for it. it too. That's the only like that's one of the only female fights that would get me up and excited is like, holy shit, we might be able to see a real banger here. Like when yeah. Nunez was fighting Ronda Rousey, we knew it was going to be bullshit, right? Yeah. We mm-hmm. knew it was going to be awful. After we saw what Holly Holm did to her, we knew that this fight was going to be downright awful. So we could agree that um, Kayla Harrison, Clarissa Shields, bah, that's going to be a stinker because I think that's an easy win for Harrison. It would be really a shame to get Shields fed to the wolves this soon she needs at least five more fights and a long time to train but harrison against nunez i'm here for it yeah i'm, and, I'm definitely here for it you know and this is nothing against Chris shields look she she hit that ceiling in, in female boxing yeah. right that that's but, it look speaking of i'm here for it this has been one of my monikers that i've that i've gone by in the last couple of weeks on the chop sports podcast i'm here for all of the on-field beef but i'm also here for all of the in the stands beef baby yeah You've been watching these fucking fights, right, bro? It doesn't shock me, though. Like I, I, like, I don't understand why it's such a big story for people now that fans are getting into it. I really don't understand. It's, it's something that's been going on. Well, I think one of the major factors to that is the fact that the fans are back now. Yeah. We're starting to see what what we've missed is like the, the energy that the fans bring. <laughs> now, I'm not necessarily saying that I missed people getting the absolute shit beat out of them <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> but, you know, when there's two willing parties... Yeah, and two people square off with each other. I'm all for it, but that's not always been the case. Specifically in this case, I'm talking. I don't know if we touched on this on this podcast at all, but a couple weeks back, the um at the San Diego Padres Colorado Rockies game, some dude just got completely starched. I'm talking about one hitter quitter. <laughs> did you see the video? We were going to talk about it, and we just never did. Yeah, right. So, dude, I'm saying like he got approached from like a good 30 feet away. He was standing there hands down as the dude approached him he put his he, he didn't even put his hands up to fight he like put his hands up to like please don't hit me 
and the guy didn't listen. <laughs> he <laughs> fucked him up really bad. Which like it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable because you know it sucks for that guy. That the guy that got beat up like that on TV. Yeah. But the other guy, I mean, there's no other way to put it. That's assault. Oh yeah, these, you're look. These you, fans are wilding out. You know, it's just like if you go to the boardwalk, like in Seaside, right here here in New Jersey, for you that that aren't listening in the state, it's a thousand dollars a punch, thousand a punch. Now let's be real. Like people people think that because when they go to a sporting event or there's a guy that's a player on a team that they're they're able to get away with whatever they want. I don't know. You see the um, what's been happening with the NBA? What with uh, people getting shit? There people throwing shit. Yeah. People are spitting on people. People are throwing popcorn. Now, you saw that happen back in the day and what happened when Ron Artest ran into the stands. <laughs> the, the, the repercussions for the player are far worse because he's, a, he's got a lot more to lose. But these fans, man, like spitting on somebody is assault. I can't spit on somebody in the street. Well, I mean, it, it goes back to even in the 60s. You know, you ever see that movie 61? Of about, course. About Roger Maris. Oh, with, shout out when, to uh, Dom Lombardozzi, who's a, a friend of the network. He was in that movie. Yes, he was. Uh, when they had that fan that threw the seat at fucking Roger Maris when he was out in the outfield and Mickey yeah. Mantle flipped out, like shit happened back then. I was, I used to do concert security at PNC art center. The most fights that I ever saw, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, a James Taylor concert. We're not jumping in the middle when people are throwing fit. Once it starts to die out, that's when you go in there. Nobody's about to go. No, yeah, no security is going to go in there and get hurt. Careful about breaking up a fight, anyway, because somebody else could get hurt. You you break up a fight, and then somebody you're holding somebody back, and then that dude that you're holding back ends up getting cracked in the jaw, and then you feel responsible for getting somebody beat up. Yeah, the only but time yo, you got to do that is when you're like bouncing at a bar. How would you have liked to work security this past week? The fucking Dodgers Astros game. I'm talking the L.A. Dodgers fans completely invaded Houston. Yeah, at one point, and the the game one of that series, it was like wow. I thought it was a Dodgers game, and the Dodgers kind of put it on the Astros that day. They took over the stadium. Yeah. Now, as a fan of the Astros with tickets the following day, you're probably looking at the game like you know what? If you're a jerk off, that is, you're looking at the game like oh, I'm going to go defend my turf. Well, guess what? Astros fans tried to defend their turf, and these guys were talking a little bit of shit. They picked the wrong dude to talk to, and this guy. Yeah, that was that was wow. It showed it, it wow. just shows what a really good, well placed right hand will yeah. do. And then that was the one, the one first right hand on the lanky dude. But then the other guy ca- caught about thirty well placed right hands, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was fucked up, man. Like he didn't even start the fight; he just was happened to be there. But you know, his <laughs> yeah. friend must have been a jerk off and was talking a lot of shit. He got blasted. He tried to break it up, and then when you try and break up a fight, you see what happens. He, the guy that's fighting, doesn't know. That this isn't a fight anymore. I've always I've always been smart when going to games, right? Like when the Raiders come to play Philly, I live 45 minutes away from Philadelphia. I'm not going to watch a game there. I don't care. You know what I mean? I'm not going to watch a game there because those fans are brutal. They're absolutely brutal. My wife has never been to a fo- football game. I would love to take her to a Raider game. Not going to take her to Philadelphia fucking Las no. Vegas Raiders. No. I'm, I'm better off taking her to MetLife Stadium when the Raiders play the Jets because it's pretty much all Raider fans that are there. You get a better experience. You know what I mean? Um, I went to Giant Stadium to watch the very first Manning versus Manning game back when Peyton played for the Colts. I had a... This is how far back I, it was going. I had a Randy Moss jersey on for the Raiders. I would not wear it in the stadium. I would not wear it in that stadium. Why? Because Randy Moss was the worst Raider of all time? Yeah, but I wouldn't wear it. I would not wear it. No, I know. I get it. I wouldn't do it. Just to avoid all of the bullshit, I went out and bought a knockoff 
like $15 t-shirt that some Jamaican dude was selling in the parking lot just to wear it in there. And a bullshit Giants hat just to not hear any any shit. From Ladies and gentlemen, there. Tommy is letting everybody know that he is actually at his core a fucking pussy. Damn right. That is some soft ass shit right there. You know what I've done in a Packers Giants game? I wore a cheese head and I drew a target on a cardboard box, cut it out, and I put it on the back of my cheese head. I did wear a battery, a hot dog, fucking coins, candy. I got hit with a blow pop. <laughs> you name it, bro. I got I got hit with it. I wore game. a Rangers jersey to the to a Devils game last year. The last game played before the COVID hit, and they weren't even playing. Wait, are you just talking about? Wait, is he, wait, what is that? What You're talking about hockey? Yeah, the fuck is that? Nobody, a lot of fight. A lot of fights happen uh, in hockey games. I'm, I'm here for all the on. Ice beef, so I can't talk shit about that. But oh, man, I just I can't get behind hockey. It's like the most exciting time of the year for hockey right now, and I still don't get it. I was so surprised I didn't get beer poured down my shirt because Devils fans and Rangers fans, like that's they're bad. Yeah, they are bad. We're talking about fans at events and it and and being unruly. And Tommy has had his experiences, and I've had mine. But I've been to a bunch of UFC events, and you see at basketball games, you see players getting spit at popcorn dumped on them you know baseball games there might be like a lot of heckling you know what you don't really see that much of that at an mma event maybe from a distance in the background you might see crowd fights but you ain't gonna really see an mma fighter get heckled no. by the fans it's a different atmosphere you know usually there's a when there's a fighter walking out if you're gonna say something to him there's a really good chance that like his teammates are sitting in the crowd like you it's a dangerous i've seen it at uh, Ring of Combat, it was uh, Frankie Perez's return fight to Ring of Combat after he was cut from the UFC. He completely embarrassed his opponent, and all of Frankie Perez's fans that were off to the side were, like, talking shit to the guy in the cage after he just got embarrassed. And, you know, the guy started talking shit back, and Frankie came out and stopped him. He told him to shut up. He's like, stop it, because yeah, you're embarrassing me. You know, respect is earned inside the, in the, in the cage, and the guy made the walk. He's just there to make some money and, and you know, make a career for himself. Um, I know heckling is fine, but you can't you can't be fucking spitting at people. You can't be doing no, dumb shit. No, but if you do that, that in an MMA event, you're gonna get the shit beat out of you. Yeah, well, you got to look at it like I was saying. You know, when we talked pre-show back in the day, like Roddy Piper and guys like that, they used to get stabbed walking to the ring because Bro, people thought it was all real. I have a funny story about um my father and we went to the Dunn Arena. Do you know where that is in Elizabeth, New Jersey? It's in Elizabeth. We we wrestled there. We had a um a, a tournament there. In high school. Was that the Dunn Arena? The Dunn Arena, yeah. So it was Abdul the Butcher, <laughs> right? And some other guy against the, the at the time, it was the, the Road Warriors. Okay. So my dad was fucking talking shit to Abdul the Butcher on his way out. <laughs> but I was a young kid, so I thought it was fucking real. Like, my dad was like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the guy turned and he like said something to my father, yelled at him. And I, I punched my dad right in the jaw. And <laughs> because I was like, what are you doing? You're going to, you're going to get us fucking killed. And I turned, I punched him right in his jaw as hard as I could. And like now looking back, I realized like it was all played up. My dad knew it was fake, obviously, but as a kid, I was like yeah. petrified. I was like, this dude's got a razor blade. Just cut himself <laughs> in his head. He's leaking blood and you're talking shit to him. He just beat up two guys that have spikes coming out of their shoulder pads. He'll kill us. Yeah, I mean, those guys actually got stabbed back then. You know, fans are crazy. You know what I mean? They're crazy. You you get the nobody's getting like, you know, uh, mentally checked before they go in to watch these things. But yeah, you're not going to do that in MMA because you're you're going to end up getting the shit waffled out of you bad. The shit waffled.
Hey guys, this is Dirk from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843-315-5913, and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell them Chop Sports sent you. My goodness. We are back, and we are ready to talk about a little bare-knuckle boxing news. I say my goodness because the big news of the week, Paige Van Zandt will be fighting Rachel Ostevich for BKFC. Um, Those of you who pay attention to Paige Van Zandt's social media, her caption was, come for the boobies, stay for the violence. Uh, we've already had this fight before in the UFC. Um, shortly after Rachel Ostevich got beat down by her then-husband, uh, her and Paige got into a fight, and, and Paige ended up losing. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know how excited I'm going to be for this fight. I mean, I really don't. Um, Paige's already had one bare-knuckle fight. Rachel Ostevich hasn't. Nothing says boxing to me about Rachel Ostevich at all. Um, what are your thoughts? Or Paige, for that matter. At least Paige has had some success on the feet before. I mean, against two. <laughs> Not even Rachel. No. You know, so, look, we all know what this fight is. I'm I'm not excited about this MMA aspect of things. Now, we understand why everyone is excited about this fight, and I get it, you know. There, sex sells in MMA more than just as just like it does in anything else. Yeah, they talk about sex selling, right? But they're in T-shirts, so it's like yeah. They, this is that's what I'm saying. This is just makes no sense. If like, why is Paige Van Zandt even putting it on the line at this point? It's not like she's going to become a champion. She does not need fighting to make money anymore. Her name is her name. Well, I think uh, when she signed on, I mean, she signed on for you know whatever her contract is. She's going to fight her contract out. And if she, she just didn't, would she get, owe them money? I don't know, but she got paid a shitload of money. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I don't know what her contract is like, but she's obviously not getting signed to tough fights because this is not a tough fight, and I'm sure it's going to headline the Her last fight was, they didn't give her a can in her last fight. They, they gave her a chick that's probably going to be vying for that belt. You, you know, um, I, I'll admit that I know very, very little about female bare knuckle. I, I am shocked that, because this was rumored like last year that Rachel Ostevich was signed to BKFC after the UFC released her, right? Um, one of our guys at Fight Book is friendly with Bob Ostevich, her father. And he told us that, you know, they made her an offer. The money wasn't there. She wasn't going with BKFC. And all of a sudden, she's signing up. So Filthy Feldman must have kicked up some more money to get Ostevich on for this fight. Yeah, they're, I don't know if it's a one-off. Did they sign her to a contract? Or did they, I'm sure. They, he doesn't just sign them to one-offs because he needs names. He needs names for his women's division. I mean, he's got some names for his men's division, but you know what? Two people just left. And guess where they went? They went over to um, uh, the Street Jesus fucking That's where we're knuckle. going with this, right? So that's the other big news. We yeah, got- Jorge Masvidal. You know, this came a little bit faster than I thought it would. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think that he was going to have something together this fast. So like June 10th or something like that. Uh, Jason Knight's going to be fighting against... Uh, What's his name? Bennett. Too bad. Uh, Crazy Horse? Charles yeah. Crazy Horse. The guy that like got choked out by Vanderlei Silva way back in the day in pride, <laughs> but in the locker room, not in a fight. 
He, the dude that looks like old dirty bastard reincarnated into an MMA fighter. Uh, hey, look, man, you know, great for, for Jorge Masvidal. It kind of seems to be the way that a lot of these guys are going now. You got Cowboy with his own. So is Jason McKnight running from the GOAT? I don't know. I mean, they they both had epic fucking fights. I mean, I could see. Now, for anyone that doesn't know who the GOAT is, first of all, Artem. go to your room. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Go right to your fucking room. Go to your room. Because you're punished. And you might not be allowed to listen to us anymore because Artem, the goat, the Russian hammer himself, probably the most loyal person on the face of the earth. Yeah, you don't get any more loyal than than Artem Lobov. And now I know that you're not a Connor guy, but you have to be a fucking Artem guy. I laugh at Artem. I think he, you know, he's funny. He's tough. He's tough. He's He's got a stick. He's down. You know, he's very limited, limited as a fighter. I like him better in in bare knuckle than I did in MMA. Uh, I liked him a lot better in bare knuckle because I mean that his fights with with Knight were unbelievable. Uh, he embarrassed Paulie Malinaji. Oh, <laughs> amazing! But uh, it, you know, the, uh, bare knuckle seems to be catching steam. The problem is you're having so many different organizations this early because you have Ken Shamrock's Valor, which Roberto works for. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have really good fights. You have BKFC. Now you have Jorge Masvidal's. There's other ones out there. There has to be one. Like everybody says, well, BKFC is the big one. BKFC is the big one because it has some decent names in it. Because they have the they have the payroll. They have the money. They really don't though. Like where he's getting this money, nobody knows. Well, they have it though, so nobody knows. But they're they're. You just said they signed Paige to it. They're giving her big money. You know, they have to be making. Well, they're giving her big money, but a lot of these other guys are giving peanuts too. Well, they're getting guys that are at the tail end of their career that have built a name for themselves in the UFC. So they're just giving guys, they're throwing people a bone that maybe the they can't fight in the top 10s or the top 15s, but they're they're just fighters by trade and they're prize fighters. So how else are they going to earn a living besides going to get their face cut up into a zillion pieces, you know, for a couple grand? Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you sit there and watch these fights, like I almost enjoy watching those fights and better. some of them are cringe, though. They, they are. It's like, oh, man, they what are. am I doing well, here? What the fuck? There's this one guy, Malo, calls himself uh, Brendan. Uh, I don't even want to give. Some, there's some. Characters. I don't even want to give the guy shine. Like he has no skill whatsoever. But because of the fact, Brandon Lambert, that's his name. But because of the fact that he's so hated, and he talked so much shit about fighters on YouTube and all this shit, he's getting fights. It's like Tyler. <laughs> At least Tyler at one point could fight really well. You know what I mean? And he's amazing no, but at he's, jiu-jitsu. He's, he's like the all-time ata- antagonist. He just <laughs> talks shit until he Yeah, gets but he fight. had he has skill. And he is world-class in jiu-jitsu. I agree. But this guy has nothing. Like, this guy was saying he could have beaten Johnny Hendricks when Johnny Hendricks was fighting welterweight, and this guy wasn't training at all. Like, he is just, he's a dude with money, and he's out there. But Feldman gave him a fight, and he embarrassed himself. Completely embarrassed himself. Talked about how he cut like you know twenty five pounds like you know two days before the fight this and all this shit. Tommy says he doesn't want to give this guy any shine and he just talks about him for fucking fifteen minutes. Well, because run. I know you don't know who he is because you haven't really paid attention. Yeah, so that's why I don't want to talk about it. But with what you're talking about with paying these people, like I don't know what he's paying this guy, but I don't think it's that much money. But you know, pay, a lot of people are pissed off that Paige Van Zant is getting the money that she's getting. A lot of people are going to be pissed off at what Rachel Ostevich is getting because you have guys that are actual champions there that aren't making that money yet, and it is kind of fucked up. I get it. 
I do. That's why I said I don't know where this guy is getting his money from because he's got some shady fucking people that work for that organization. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the Yakuza. No, I... That was a joke, motherfucker. I mean, could be, you know, Colombians, drug lords, something. Cocaine could be involved. Well, speaking of cocaine being involved, that's perfect segue. I'm not sure if you meant to do that or not. Yeah, because I'm looking at my sheet uh, here. (laughs) So you're looking at your sheet, and you know that we're about to talk a lot of shit about the one, the only, John Jones. John Jones is a black man. (laughs) All right. Yes, he is. But John Jones is no longer champion, but he touts himself as one. He's not the champion. He's he, he's not right. And there is there is some fights for him at two hundred five at this mm-hmm. point that you know you could say that they don't move the needle for him. And I understand that. But John, I'm just going to read some things here. Please read me these tweets. So John Jones tweets out. Um, I'm not sure when, but it was a couple weeks back, and he's like, "I'm about to give birth to something big, something out of the ordinary." Now, John. So like this was a little teaser. That that's your teaser, and then I'm going to talk a little bit of shit. So John. Unless you are announcing a bout agreement, then really, is it something big, John? You know, like, you got to fight if you're a fighter. Uh, I think he's just trying to get... No, I know what it is. I know, I know, the, I know the announcement because I'm, I'm, I'm prequeling the... the yeah, but when you're saying, like, it's not a fight announcement, he's just trying to get people interested in him on a, on a more positive note. And that he knows that if he's saying something like that, people are going to think that he's talking about... Him get having a fight. Yeah, and he's not, but that's not what he was talking about. No. Unfortunately. And the reason why John Jones doesn't have a fight is because he's asking for a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. And the reality of that is, dude, you don't fight enough. Your last couple of fights were were very below average, and you're averaging about four hundred to five hundred thousand pay-per-view buys, which it you know, it's good, but not for the guy that's asking for thirty million dollars. No. No. And then, then he comes out and says that, you know, he probably won't fight until 2022 because coming up to heavyweights tougher than he thought. I think he's trying to build up those calf muscles because yeah. he had he has like your size calves with a, like a 230 pound frame. Yeah. Now, he's a little bit bigger than 230 at this point. He is he is getting bigger, which we'll get to that in a moment. But ultimately, what the, what it comes out as is. It's not any news. It's just more news that John Jones has now hired a negotiator to negotiate his bouts uh, bout agreements with the UFC, and so that we would call that a manager. He, he said, "I have retained Richard Schaefer as my adv- advisor. Richard has been in the combat space for over twenty years and has put together some of the biggest global pay per view events over that period. The likes of Mayweather, De La Hoya, Canelo, Hopkins, Barrera, and Marquez have headlined the exciting events that Richard has promoted. Blah 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 blah." So it's an honor and a privilege to be such a boring fighter and an amazing athlete at a time like this where I don't fight. No, I'm just I'm embellishing what John said, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So essentially, John is playing hardball with the UFC, and instead of like announcing that he's maybe going to fight soon, he actually kind of comes out with an announcement that's the opposite, where he's got this guy that's like knows how to negotiate, but you know who also knows how to negotiate. Dana. Dana. And you know what happens when you bring somebody in that you kind of looks like you're trying to upstage Dana and say, like, look, yeah, I got the real guy. Let you go. He's just going to let you go. Dana White doesn't need John Jones because you know what? The UFC is doing pretty well right now. And guess who doesn't barely ever fight? John Jones, right? Doing well without John Jones. It's doing well without Conor McGregor. The pandemic did for UFC what fighters have been trying to do. So the, the whole issue that I'm having, obviously, is that. John Jones doesn't fight. You know, we were talking about it. Why won't John Jones fight Stipe, dude? Like he's acting like he's acting like Stipe is like beneath him. Stipe is one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. 
John, you know, earn your shot at, at the heavyweight title. If somebody at 185 came up, what would John say at, at, if they were fighting him at 205? They would be, he would be like, you guys got to yeah. earn your, t-, you know, you but all of a sudden you got to skip your way. Nah, bro. I understand what you've done, but you haven't beat a heavyweight. You haven't beat a heavyweight. You don't, and then, and then a guy like Stipe is willing to step in there and fight you and Dana's willing to put it on. Guess what? You beat Stipe, you'll get whatever the fuck you want. And I think Jones would beat Stipe. I understand it's a big risk, but John, are you the best or are you not? Right. Mm-hmm. The other bout is signed. You're going to wait until summer of 2022, you know, because if, if they don't fight until late in the year, who's to say, you know, the champion's going to probably take another five, six months off. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Especially, especially the way they don't really like each other. Like nobody's like rushing to fight John Jones. Like I'm sure they, they would, but look, when you're the champion, you, you, you get this sense of like, I'm not hungry. I'm not in no rush to defend my belt because you're the champion that everything you do makes money for you. You want to hold that belt as long as possible. And you see that that's normal. I understand that aspect. That's, that's good business. Why do you think Aljo got, got neck surgery? But anyway, we're not going to talk about Aljo. Well, you know what? I think what we get the champ is is what they would call crazy stupid money because you'd be crazy to offer it, and he'd be stupid to say no. I need six pictures of John Jones deadlifting, or this didn't happen. Like that's all John Jones does. He's like, <laughs> I got a big announcement, and it's like a picture of him deadlifting, saying like the heavyweight division should be on notice. Like John, you don't win titles by fucking deadlifting and squatting, dude. No. How shameful is that? He's squatting and his calves still look like that? He's got to do some work. And look, you know what else doesn't win you titles or get you fights in MMA? Deleting tweets. John Jones is the all-time leader. Notorious for deleting tweets. In deleted tweets. Bro, if you just Google John Jones deleted tweets, I might have to do a segment a week. I know I keep talking about all these new segments that we're bringing in and none of them materialize. But the the, the latest in the John Jones deleted tweet saga. John Jones is giving birth. So what? That's what Chael Sonnen, you know, responded to John Jones' big news. Ready? So this is what John Jones comes out and says. So does your wife think about me as much as you do? Why is my dick constantly in your mouth? Get over me already. As successful as you are, this is, that was one tweet. Another tweet. As successful as you are, it's crazy to see you living in my shadow the way you do. Just remember losers focus on winners. I honestly couldn't imagine hating. That was the second tweet. Now there's a third tweet. I honestly couldn't imagine hating someone so much making YouTube videos about another man who already kicked your ass just to make another dollar. You were so beneath me. It's pathetic. I'll tell Wait, that's another tweet now. I'll tell you to go fuck yourself or take my dick out of your mouth and you'll actually go home and celebrate. You got my attention. Seriously, man. Look at the, look at the world. Wait, look at the, whatever the fuck we are in. Look at the position we are in. Oregon, Oregon boy. Oh, that's another another tweet now. Oregon boy probably grew up with all the opportunities in the world. Yet somehow you let me kick your ass and have everything you dreamed of. I understand why you hate me. Now, John, come on, bro. Like it was one simple tweet. Yeah, get the fuck over yourself. How many fucking lines of cocaine did he snort that night? I don't know, but you know, I bet when Chael reads that, he probably kicks himself for losing in that rant with the the few precious moments that were left in that round because once John went back to sit down and his toe was cocked sideways, he would have lost that fight and Shell would have got the belt. Ready? Well, I got what Shell said to it. Ready? Of course I do. Now, John, that was hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> he went on a little bit more, but he was like, you got some grammar problems there, champ. And then he put former in, in parentheses. <laughs> Spend a little less money on tequila and more on an editor. Oh, shit. <laughs> and then he says this. 
I beat you. I tore your toe off. Let's just face it. <laughs> so you were right. Chell's a goat. You try to play chess against Dana White when you can't win at checkers against Betty White. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're alone, bitter, and bored. Come grapple on Sug again. I got your 5K. Right? <laughs> so Chell dominates that exchange. And guess what? Chell didn't delete his. Yeah, no. Chell doesn't, Chell doesn't give a shit. Amazing. That's Amazing. the difference. I'm, I'm, Chell, I'm so, Chell doesn't give a shit. I'm so tired of John Jones, man. Yeah, I mean, everybody should be tired of him. It's it's at this point, it's shit or get off the pot. You know what I mean? We always said that about Connor too, but eventually Connor graced people with his presence. You know what I mean? And it was a big fight. But the thing about Connor as well is that Connor is the guy that John Jones claims he that yeah. he is. You know, Connor is the 1.5 million pay per views. Yeah, it's funny. John Jones didn't become the the jerk off that he is now until Connor started getting famous. And for it's it. not. It's not. I'm not saying that Connor could sniff John Jones' ass crack when it comes to MMA talent. John Jones, to me, arguably the goat. But yeah. with a steroid issue, you know, you kind of knock him down a rung. I guess the 205 division, he did kind of wipe out, and there was no exciting fights. But I would love to see him get knocked out by Blockowitz. Yeah. <laughs> even though he wouldn't. Yeah, you know what it is, man? The 205 division, without him there now, it's so much better. And I think he even knows that. Like, without it, it's it's exciting. But he's going up to the heavyweight division. Let's Let's just see it. I seriously think, and I don't care what he says, I think there's a part of him in the back of his head that goes, I might get fucking embarrassed. And then if I have to go back down and, to 205, no, and, and they're going to say that you're not the GOAT. 100%. And that's why I give guys like Adesanya credit. Like, you got to reach for greatness, man. Like, you do. You got to. Even Silva moved up. That's another reason why I, I called GSP the GOAT. But he never moved up and, and challenged himself at a higher weight until it was the easiest ch- chance possible. Khabib, same thing. Like, I, I want to see these guys, MMA fighters, back in the day in Pride, they were fighting. It didn't matter. They were, you'd have a welterweight would fight a heavyweight. And... And wouldn't care. That's what MMA is about to me. I understand the sanctioning rules in, in the United States, but look. I also think it's, it's it, you know, when we talked to um, uh, Pat Militich when he was taught, when we were talking about, like, boring fighters and things like that. And he said, well, people considered me a boring fighter. He goes, because back in my day, if you didn't win, you didn't get invited back. Yeah. He's like, so you were fighting for your job. So I think these guys, they're... they're I, and I think it's still partly that way today. Like, you know, you got a guy that wants to move up. Okay, well, now if he loses moving up, you see that Dana White is cut happy, even on people that win. Well, John Jones is not getting cut. I don't think Dana gives a fuck anymore. He's not cutting John Jones. There's no way that John Jones fights for another organization. No, he'll just shelve him. He'll just won't let him fight. Yeah, he'll exactly. just shelve him. So he's not going to get cut, but yeah, he'll but shelve him. But John Jones could retire. He could retire. And then a year later, no, come back. It doesn't work like that. It's not, this isn't a, this isn't you miss a season. UFC is not just like fighters miss a year all the time. They don't just get void of their contract. This is not know, Major man. League Baseball, NFL. This is not Aaron Rodgers. You can't retire <laughs> yeah. and then come back another year later. Although that's not happening. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but Dana White will shelve him. And truthfully, I don't think John Jones cares. I don't know where he's getting his revenue stream from, but I don't think he cares. I don't. I don't. You know what? I don't actually care. I don't care if I ever see John Jones in the octagon again, personally. Uh, yeah, I just hope he becomes the Twitter world champion, to be honest with you. Well, he's he's not. He gets dominated in Twitter. He's the world champion of deleted tweets. Google John Jones deleted tweets, and it's just, it's endless. It's it's a fucking, it's, 
you have to scroll down and then page two. Page two, it's so many, and it's not him that's that's deleting them on his own. I guarantee you. No, he's tweeting them, and then his PR people are like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. His his PR person must be the same one that they had for Donald Trump as a tweet when he was tweeting. <laughs> that was a I had a good time tonight, Tommy. Yeah, right? for for as little as happened in MMA, we managed to put together I think a pretty decent episode for the people. And upcoming in the next couple of weeks, we don't really have much going on next week. But uh, Roizenstroik is uh, is you know getting fed his next victim. Yes, and then but then the real the real fun starts, and this is when things start to heat up. Starting June 10th, we got UFC 263. It's a great card. We're going to break that down a little bit next week. because that's Breakdown! A- Breakdown! But we're going to break that down a little bit next week because I believe that's our next episode, the last episode before that fight, right? Mm-hmm. So we get to talk a little bit of Nate Diaz again. I've been waiting to talk about him. I'm a little worried about this fight. Israel Adesanya. Marvin Vittori, baby! Italy's in the building! <laughs> oh, man. So have you seen... Speaking, We've been all on Twitter and tweets... Adesanya is going in heavy on on the Goonies and, and oh, Marvin sure Vittori, is. which is funny as hell. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week, and I guess that's it, right? Yep. Well, got to give our shout-outs over here to a Fightbook MMA, baby. Head on over to Fightbook MMA for all of your MMA combat sports pro wrestling news. Roberto and all of the writers over there are very, very busy over there. Please check out... Mondays and Thursday nights, Pride Rules MMA, hosted by myself, the Reverend Tommy D, and with my uh, <laughs> my co-host, Tyler, the CTE King, and the, <laughs> and the greatest producer ever, Mr. Rudy Lara. And then on Thursday nights, you have Sitting Ringside with owner, president of Fightbook MMA, Roberto Villa. And uh, Dave, the shitster, Dave Rodriguez. Uh, so one of these nights, I got to get on one of these shows with you again. You're probably going to have to, uh, without a doubt. I wouldn't mind seeing you come on uh, on Pride Rules, but I mean, I'm a busy guy. I know, man. I wish we could just. I wish I could do the show from here Monday nights, but you know, Jimmy Palumbo. Oh, you could come here. It's late, bro. But what I'm saying is, I could just let you come here and do it yourself if you wanted to. But it's tough for you to drive back. Yeah, it's late. That's like the you. show, the show starts at eight thirty. It's it's late. Yeah, I would say I would do it with you weekly, but you know, I do a fucking week a daily. I'm sure. sports podcast now in the morning. So Monday through Friday, you could check us out on the Chop Sports Podcast, talking garden variety sports about what happened the day before. So share the podcast. Tell everybody about it. Like, subscribe, give us a rating. And that goes across the board. Not just this podcast, the Chop Sports Podcast. We got a bunch of shows. The Jimmy Palumbo Show, Pretended a Contender with Joe Matarese. We got the Squeaky Bum Time Soccer Podcast. Is there anything I'm missing, Tommy? Do you know of? Uh, the Mets. We, the Mets, till Mets do us part. The Mets stink, but they have a really good podcast. Uh, John Sapinaro and my boy Matt Ibby. We have three other podcasts coming on. It's called I'm Your NFL Team with Keith Ernst. It's a uh, nationally known comedian brett Ernst's brother he plays in cobra kai um then we have another one where just chart choppers and then another one for the jets when the jets come out and then i'm doing a packer one blah 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 but a lot of big things happening for the chop sports network and i want you guys all to, to like subscribe to all that stuff over flooding the market baby Content creators, baby. We're in the digital content creation. And go out there and follow the Chop Sports Network Instagram page because we're finally gaining some traction there. Follow us on TikTok at Chop Sports, et cetera, et cetera. Anything else for us, Tommy? Are we ready to bang on no. that Wu-Tang? Let's bong get out of here, baby.
I had this song playing in my head the other night because we went to uh, to this awesome hibachi joint. You guys need any music for your for your other podcast? Nah, we have a pretty good opening song. I could make it better. You make it better. You you make it better. Grab the stick and twist it.